Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. conversation about authority this morning, the authority of the believer. And uh, how many of you got something from last week? Did that help you out? Um, you, you and I have been given a tremendous gift in, uh, in Christ and in that we've been given authority over the devil. We don't have to let the devil push us around. And that's huge news. Amen. Millions and millions of Christians live under the notion that life happens and just whatever happens, happens and uh, chalk it up to the mysterious will of God. You know, somebody, uh, somebody suffers some kind of injustice or they experience some kind of terrible crisis and we look around and we go, oh, well, it just must, you know, it's just God. I mean, I guess, you know, God's in control, brother. Uh, well, there's some, the Bible has some things to say about that. And so uh, Jesus has invested tremendously in you and I when he gave us his name, amen, and he gave us his authority, and he, 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 praise God, I don't want to get preaching because then I'll never have dad come up. Dad, why don't you come up? Would you welcome Pastor Randy this morning? As he comes. You get that. You want to sit close to me? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Uh, praise God. Good morning. If I could get a bottle of water, would that be possible? Andy, could you do that? Or somebody? Thank you so much. Praise God. So go ahead. We well, why don't you tell them real quick? Just tell them tell for those who don't know who you are, what you do, where you live, and then we'll uh, get into this authority. My name is Randy Furman. I am Josh's father, and uh, I've been saved since 1977. I was born again in a coffee house in Grand Island, New York. Um, serving the Lord was ordained into ministry in 1984. It was interesting. I was a single young guy one year. And the next year I got married, ordained into ministry. My wife got pregnant with him. So I went from being a single young guy one year to being in the ministry with a wife and child the next year. Yeah. So that was a dramatic change. Yeah. And uh, out of God, the frying pan God has been, yeah, out of the frying pan into the fire. But God has been so good to us, and uh, worked as an associate pastor for about fourteen years. Then I pastored a church in New York for about four. We moved to Florida. I uh, did missions work there for a number of years. Then we pastored a church in Fort Myers for five years, which Josh was. That was kind of Josh's training ground, I guess you'd say. Sure. Uh, he was the assistant pastor and the worship leader at our church in Florida. I actually thought he was going to take that church, but he, so did I. he showed up in my house one day and had been praying and, and said uh, he and Brianna felt the Lord wanted them to come to Boone and start a church here. How many are glad that Amen. they obeyed God? So I wasn't really happy about the news that day, but, um, you know, it was what it was, so. He punched me in the face. So, no, I'm just <laughs> So then we moved, they moved here, and then a couple of years later, we came here. We were here for, I was here for about three years, I think. Yeah. Your mother was here closer to four. Yeah. We transitioned back to New York and started the church there, which we have now. This past year, we were able to buy a building, which was 
Praise God. Miraculous. God has been just really, really good. We have a church about the size of this church, I guess. We have about 40 to 50 people all together. Usually on a given Sunday, we might have 25 or 30 folks. You know? And um, we're growing, and, and we're seeing the hand of God. So yeah, amen. Amen. that's been my life and uh, in a nutshell. And uh, I'm really excited about Jesus, you know, and getting to know him. You know, it's been 40 years for me. And uh, over the time, my experiences, you know, you've had a lot of experiences. I've been into other countries. I've seen uh, the power of God. I've seen the miraculous working of God's spirit in many different ways. And as a younger man, I think I was kind of enamored by that. You know, I was kind of in a sense, chasing signs and wonders. Always wanted big demonstrations of power. But the last several years, the Lord's really been drawing me to himself. Yeah. Mm. That's good. And uh, my scripture has been, be still and know that I am God. That's been yeah. with me for two years now. Yeah. And learning to wait in the presence of God and get to know him. You know, mm. We love him because we know him. And we love him because he first loved us. Yes. And oftentimes we're trying to get people to love God. We're encouraging them to love God, but they really don't know him very well. Yeah. And the more you get to know him, the more you fall in love with him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, he, he's amazing. Amen. He is your best friend. Yes. He has things planned for you that you never dreamed of. Yes. And it's through that intimacy and that fellowship and walking with God that you get to know that still small voice. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorite scriptures, it says in uh, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, yes. whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, the world, and especially the younger generation, you guys get hammered by so much information. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the other day, I was down in Florida, actually, and there I was watching a couple little kids with their little pads and iPhones and all that stuff, and I started reflecting on when I was a little boy, we had a farm behind our house, and every day I was out there climbing cherry trees and playing war with my friends, army with my friends, and eating raw potatoes out of the ground and all that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, my life was so different, I wasn't inundated by all this mm. stuff, Yeah. and we wonder why kids today have a, they, somebody was telling me the other day that kids today have a, an attention span the average child can concentrate for about 20 to 30 seconds. And then their mind goes somewhere else. Wow. So, um, but what the Spirit of God wants us to know or wants us to do is learn to draw. And, and you can do this every day. I mean, you can do this when you're washing your car, ladies, when you're doing the dishes, vacuuming the floor. You know, Jesus. Vacuum the floor with Jesus, man. <laughs> you know? And just grow in that intimacy and that relationship with him. So that's where I am. Amen. That's good. Yeah, praise God. How many of you want to grow closer with Jesus? Amen. We were talking along these lines. We were talking yesterday and just talking about that very idea that I can, my quiet time does not have to be limited to 10 minutes in the morning where I sit down with my Bible. It can be all day. It can be while I'm mowing the lawn and Doing, you know, just doing all kinds of stuff. I can, I can bring God into that, and that's an incredible reality for us to live in. Amen. 
So let's talk a little bit about authority. I want to just take a minute and do just a, a little review of what we talked about last week. We, we jumped into Luke 10, 17, uh, 10, 17 through 20. And we also looked at Matthew 28. We looked at actually a bunch of scriptures, but those are the two kind of pro prominent ones that stick out. Uh, Luke chapter 10, 17 through 20. And this is where the, the disciples, the 70 disciples that Jesus sent out came back to him very, very amped up and excited because they had been given authority and they went into the communities surrounding them and they ministered to people and it was in their ministry that they realized hey Jesus gave us something we, we have this authority this power and they said Lord even the demons are subject to us in your name so there's a lot of um, really key things in that passage that we talked about last week we won't get back into all of them but one of them I thought was so good and bears repeating, is that the Bible says they came back with joy. And I said this last week, and it bears repeating, if ministry is not joy for you, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, Amen. Right. If, if ministry is burning you out, if, you're tr if trying to be a witness in the world around you is burning, your out, burning you out, you're trying to do it in your own strength. Yeah. Don't try to deal with the devil in your own strength. Amen. Amen. You can't do that. Yeah. It doesn't work. He'll beat you every time. There's a reason that Jesus gave us his name yes. and gave us his authority. Yes. It's because we're doing what we do in his strength yeah. and in his name. It's not about what we bring to the table. Right. It's about what he's already brought to the table. Amen? So, um, so praise God. They come back and Jesus says, you know, Jesus gets happy too. I thought this was pretty great. Jesus, the Bible says, he rejoices at the news. So number one, ministry ought to bring you joy. Number two, know that it brings Jesus joy when you walk in your authority. Amen. When you walk in what he's put in you, it brings the Lord great joy. Uh, we talked about how the devil is defeated. We looked at Colossians chapter 2, I think right about, right about uh, verse 15, where he says that, Paul says that, that Jesus publicly humiliated and shamed principalities and powers. He made an open show of the devil. And uh, now the enemy has been made the footstool of Jesus. You remember we read that from Isaiah? Sit here at my right hand until I make your, your enemies your footstool. And, uh, you know, the devil is, is where you keep your shoes. Okay? The devil is your footstool. I mean, you remember I did this last week. Right here. Right here. Okay? How, how many of you think that this table is influencing me in a negative way right now? Not at all. It's actually providing me some relief. I get to kick up my feet and let the enemy deal with whatever's on the bottom of my shoe because that's where he belongs. We used to have, uh, you remember Steve Jones? Sean will remember Steve Jones from uh, Florida. He was a West Virginia evangelist, and he used to say this all the time. He said, do you know what the devil's address is? And then he would show us the bottom of his shoe. This is the devil's address. So you keep that joker where he belongs. Amen. If, 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 if the enemy who is my footstool somehow gets up and starts pestering me, I'm going to tell him where, to, where he belongs. Put him back where he belongs. Amen. So praise God. So we talked about the devil being dis defeated and how Jesus gave us all of this amazing, amazing authority. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more along those lines. If you can pull up uh, Luke 10 again. And I think I want to look at verse 18. No, back up one more. No, sorry, go to Luke, verse 19, my bad. I'm thinking backwards. Here we go. 
Look at this first line here. I wanted to point this out, and then we'll talk a little bit about this, Dad. He says, behold, I give you the authority. Behold, I give you the authority. Jesus vested and invested in us the authority. Again, when we deal with the enemy, we're not doing it in our own strength and in our own regard. We're dealing with the authority that Jesus gave to us. You don't have to work for it. I think the the thing that I wanted to, to point out about this is that possessing authority in Christ is it's not relative to my maturity in God. It's not relative to how long I've known him or how long I've been a Christian. Dad was sharing his testimony of how long he's walked with Jesus. You know, he he, he doesn't now that he's been walking with the Lord for all these years, he doesn't now have authority. He got authority the second that he gave his life to Jesus. The moment you become a new creation, you, you, Jesus invests all of this stuff and pours it into you in that instant. So you don't ever have to work to earn the authority that Jesus gave to us. Yeah. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Talk about this idea, you know, no, no Christian regard, regardless of, of age or gender or ethnic background or where they live in the world or any, none of that stuff matters when it comes to authority. The minute you get saved, you get well, it. Well, um, we were talking a little yesterday about, there was a book by Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. And it was his expose on the, um, on the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and then into chapter 2, Paul is talking about the, uh, the, 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 the plan of redemption in what Christ had done for us. And in chapter 2, it says that we were raised up and seated in heavenly places right. in Christ. Yeah. And in chapter 1, he says, when Jesus was raised up, he was raised up far above all principality and power. Amen. So the moment a person becomes a believer, God, as it were, takes them and seats them in the heavenly sphere. Yes. Now, to be seated means you have, number one, that the work is done. Yeah. Amen. The... the Everything necessary for you to overcome the enemy has already been accomplished. That's, in the That's excellent. So you don't have to, you know, and maybe we'll get to that passage where the disciples couldn't cast that demon out of that boy. Because that's a good yeah, illustration of what we're talking about. There. For sure. But the first revelation that a Christian needs to really grasp and get a hold of is that the scripture says, because he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, therefore God hath highly exalted him yeah. and given him the name, yes. which is above every name. So yes. say every, every name. Every name. So if you can name it, no matter what it is, if you can name it, the name of Jesus is above that. Yes. It has authority over it. Yes. In all the world. Yes. When he came back after the resurrection, he told his disciples, go into all the world. He said, yeah. all authority in heaven and on Come earth on. is given to me. Yes. Therefore, go in my name. You can go anywhere in the name of Jesus, and you have a divine right to use the name of Jesus yes. to overcome principalities and Amen. powers, to overcome whatever evil you're confronted with. Yes. You can overcome it with the name of Jesus. And it doesn't matter if you've been saved a uh, uh, 100 years or a minute. Yes, that's exactly right. When I was a young Christian, I thought I'd see men of God that I thought were real spiritual men, and they were, you know, and, and they impressed me. And I always, I always used to think, oh, I can't wait till I 
kind of climb that spiritual ladder and get up there where I can sit in heavenly places, you know. <laughs> but then as time went on, the Holy Spirit started teaching me his word and their revelation. I, I encourage you, read Ephesians. Study the book of Ephesians. Yes. Find out who you are in Christ. Find yeah. out what belongs to you in Jesus. Yeah. Find out what's been, it's granted. He said, I give you power. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I'm going to have you earn it. He said, I give it to you. Here, behold. Yes. Behold means look and see. Yeah. I give you power over all the power. Let me say all the power. All the power. Not half of it. Yes. And here's one of the tricks the enemy uses all the time is he gets you to look at you. Yeah. Come on. Well, I, come on. You know, I'd have authority over the devil, but I messed up and I did right. this and I did that. And therefore, you know, he has right to do this to me and a right to. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You don't have authority because you're perfect. Come on. <laughs> Tell the truth, man. The Bible said he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. That question Did Jesus ever commit a sin? No. But he became it. Question, did you ever commit righteousness? Uh-uh. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but you became it. Yes. And it's his righteousness. That's right. So it's the blood and it's the name and it's yes. the word of God and it's all those things that have been freely granted to you. Yes. And I remember um, I had been a Christian for about four or so years and I went through a really challenging, difficult time. I remember I was in my room on the floor, you know, crying before God, weeping. Lord, I'm so sorry I messed up. And I, I was hopeless. Like in my mind, I was hopeless. I thought, I've messed I've This time I've done it. Did ever, anybody ever think that way? Like, I'm bad. I, forget it. This was the last straw. God's going to give up on me. I'm done. You know, I'm toast. <laughs> and I'm laying on the floor and I'm crying, you know, tears and everything. And inside of me, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it was stern. He said, stop it. Yeah. And he said, stand up. I mean, it was like it was like an audible voice, but it was loud, but it was on the inside. And he said, stop your crying. I want you to begin to act like the son of God that Come I've on. made you. Yes, sir. That day changed my life. Because I stood up and I started walking the floor of my room. And I had, it was really depression. I was fighting depression. And uh, it had been on me for months, you know. And, um, and I started walking the floor and taking the scripture. I didn't feel any different. My emotions didn't change. Nothing changed outwardly for me. But I started just saying, I'm a new creation. This is me walking my room. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yes. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. And I start saying scriptures like that in my prayer time. And after a few months, this change started coming way down in here. And I started sensing something bubbling on the inside. That's the only way I know how to say it. And God began to open doors for the ministry, and everything started changing. And I realized it wasn't emotion. Listen to me, guys. Your emotions are a roller coaster. I heard a man say, I feel just as good when I don't feel good as I do when I do feel good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right? Yeah. 
So, so understand, sit in heavenly places. Walk, chapter 4, Ephesians says we walk in love. Chapter 6 says we stand. Having done all to stand, we stand. Yeah. Those are the three things we do. Amen. Sit, sit in your place of authority, man. Yeah. Listen, put a big smile on your face. Yeah. And say, devil, you're not going to mess with me. You come too late for me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. Say so. That's right. That's exactly right. Amen. Seems like God's always trying to get us to speak contrary to whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're dealing with. You know, you said just a minute ago about in Colossians how it says God's highly exalted him, given him the name that's above every other name. And you said if there's something you can name that you have authority over. When you said that, I started. I thought about. Um, I don't remember um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Do you remember how Lucy is the psychotherapist or whatever? Do you remember that? And Charlie goes to her with his problems, and she says, she starts asking him all these questions about what he's dealing with, what he's going through, and she says, if we can figure out what's wrong with you, we can label it. And I and, and I, I don't know why that just sticks out in my mind. If we can figure out what's wrong with you, Chuck, we can label it. And I realized that meant if the if that's not the world, and if that's yeah. not the ploy of the enemy wow. to get you to label and name something and call I and call yourself and identify with the label wow. and identify with the name and identify with all that junk yeah. instead of the name that's been written on the inside yeah. of your heart that tells you exactly who yeah. God made you to be. Yeah. Don't let the enemy smush you with labels, man. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's keep going here. This is exciting. Um, so I, I mentioned this last week, and I want to take a few minutes to kind of unpack this idea. So, so what about what, what, when I'm walking in authority, I'm learning who I am in Christ, I'm in the word, and I'm confessing, and I'm speaking to things in my life. What about when I take authority over the devil in my life, and nothing seems to happen? Okay. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, of course you have. You know why? You're a human, and the devil doesn't like you. Okay. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's real simple. It, a lot of times when we, we get into our own head, and this is where unbelief starts to happen, and this is where doubt starts to creep in, uh, and oftentimes it's just because we're thinking wrong about the situation. I took authority over the devil, and nothing happened. Well, something did happen. You just didn't see it happen, and you maybe didn't see the results of it happening immediately. Uh, if you have kids, you'll know. That there are times when you give kids instruction, dare we call it a command, clean your room, stop pulling your sister's hair, don't throw that in the toilet, whatever. We, <laughs> my, my youngest Sophia likes to unravel the toilet paper and she likes to go in the fridge, open it herself. She's one and a half years old. She's like the go and take things out of the fridge and put them in the garbage. <laughs> she, just, she just loves to do this. So am I right? I'm doing me a good answer. Um, so anyways, you know, if you, have, if you have a child, you've learned that there are times when you tell your child to do something or not to do something, and they just don't listen to you. Right? You've been there, right, parents? You've been there. They just don't listen to you. Okay? Let me ask you a question. Are you, is there something wrong with what you've told them? Did you say it wrong? Stop pulling your sister's hair. Did you say it wrong? No. Are you any less of a parent? Right? 
So where is the fault? Where's the problem? Is it on your side of the line? Or is it that your kid's being dumb and rebellious? <laughs> right? I love my children. I would give my life for my children. But sometimes they're stupid. It's just there's no two ways about it. They're dumb sometimes. It's just they're kids. Is it the problem with you or what you've said? Or is it the problem that the child is ignoring you and being rebellious and not doing what you told them to do? So what do you do? Do you question? Maybe I shouldn't tell my children not to pull each other's hair. Maybe I, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe I'm not the dad after all. Right? What do you do? You stand your ground. You say, wait a minute, no, 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 I'm the dad, you're the kid, stop pulling your sister's hair. And it might take five times before they get the message, right? Well, why, why then do we think that when I take authority over the enemy and I don't see anything happen right away and he keeps being persistent in what he's doing, why do I think that either God's word isn't true or something's wrong with me? Right? See, this is where most of us go, go kind of contrary. This is where doubt comes in and now unbelief starts to fester. And I say, well, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I don't have the authority that I think I do. Or maybe, like you were saying, maybe I didn't work hard enough. I didn't pray hard enough last week. My authority is somehow slipping. This is the time for faith. We were talking about this last, and then I'll shut up and you can talk some, but... Uh, you know, I rebuked the devil. What what happens now? He didn't budge. We we talked about a, a police officer. If if you ever seen like one of those cop shows and you see the 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 criminal is resisting arrest, yeah. what does the cop do? Does the cop go like, maybe I'm not a police officer anymore? <laughs> no, he doubles down. Right? He said, No, sit still. You're gonna listen to what I have to say. You're going to not because I'm so great, but because this badge on my chest gives me authority over you. And the gun on my hip gives me power over you. So sit still or it's going to cost you. The cop doesn't question his identity and question who the police chief is and question, you know, the precinct. And oh, well, maybe, no, he doubles down. When the devil resists arrest, feed it to him harder. Give it when he resists arrest. He's a punk. He is a chump, man. I'm telling you, the devil is a weak chump. And all he does is lie and deceive. And if, if we let him, I'm getting excited. If we, if we let him, he will build a pattern of thinking in our mind. He will inflate himself. This is what the devil does all the time. He's been doing it since the beginning. It's the reason he got kicked out of heaven is because he loves to talk himself up. He loves to inflate himself. He tried to ascend above the heavens of God and it cost him. Now, if you let him, he will build a pattern of thinking in your mind that makes him seem taller than a mountain when the reality is he's a worm and he's defeated. So when he resists, stick it to him harder, man. No, bless God. Double down. Right? James says, resist the devil. Yeah. So it's a question of who's going to resist more, you know? That's right. And I like the, the thought of Jesus defeated him and disarmed him. So he doesn't have arms and he doesn't have feet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Reminds me, did you ever see the Monty Python movie where uh, 
the holy time. Oh, the, <laughs> the black and knight. When they, yeah, when they fight in the woods, and they get a sword fight, and he cuts his arms and legs off, and the guy's laying there, you know, and the guy's riding away on his horse. Come back here, you coward! You know, he says, "I'll bite your legs off." I'll bite your knees or something <laughs> that's like right. that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, a really that's good picture. That's kind of goofy, but you know. No, that's a really good example. But the reality is, the authority is established already. Amen. And that's the point. Amen. You know? We have dominion mm. in the name of Jesus over all of the, the enemy's, you know, mess. Yes. All that he wants to, and he wants to mess with you, man. When you realize it's an intelligent being, I think that helps. Realize, okay, there's an actually an, an intelligent being that I can't see, but he's there working against me, working against my progress. Mm. He's working against me fulfilling the things God wants me to do. Then, then you you take it out of the realm of yourself because if you get self-conscious and you just look at yourself all the time, your focus is going to be in the wrong place. And when your focus is in the wrong place. You're, you're weakened yeah, by that. Right. Your right. faith is your resolve is weakened by that. That's excellent, man. You know, there was a point in the Gospels where a man brought his little boy to the disciples. Y'all remember that? And, and they said this, he has a demon and he throws him into fire and he throws him into water and all this. And he said, I, and the Lord came along and, and the man comes to the Lord. He says, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. Mm. Now, this was after this Luke passage where they had gone and already experienced the power of God. And so Jesus, you know, casts the the spirit out and he deals with the man and all that and gets him him right. And then they're walking away and the disciples say, Lord, why couldn't we do it? Y'all remember that passage? So there's a perfect example of what we're talking about here. And Jesus (laughs) says with unquestionably, he answers their question. They said, Lord, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because of unbelief. That's right. Somehow unbelief had gotten in there. Somehow they've started, you know, why couldn't, and I think the, in the question is the key. Why couldn't we do this? Yeah. Yeah. What's that telling you? They're thinking about themselves. Okay, let's right. try this. Right. I mean, no, you don't try it. That's right. There's no such thing as trying faith. Yeah. There's no such thing. Yeah. I've had people come to me, you know, and they hear me preach and stuff, and they say, oh, well, I, you know, I don't believe all that. I don't believe in miracles. I said, well, you'll never be bothered by them. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, no, but I don't believe in all that. And, and, and I, well, why don't you believe? Well, because I heard so-and-so preach this, and, the, and I tried it. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. I tried it for a whole weekend. Wow. <laughs> you know? I was like, well, that's the problem. You see, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Want to talk to me, church? Yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. His word is never going to change. That's right. Tomorrow, when you wake up and you're praying and you ask God, Lord, I, 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 what do you think about this or what do you think about that? He's going to say the same thing he said when he was here on earth 2,000 right. years ago. Yeah. He's yeah, not amen. changing. That's right. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. Yeah. Thank God he doesn't change because everything else changes. Yeah. That's right. right? I mean, the world changes. Yeah. The sands are, 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 are shifty, man. Yeah. 
The only thing we have that doesn't change is the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's who he is. That's right. And so That's I right. stand on that. I resist the enemy, and he flees from me. You say, well, Pastor Randy, how long do you do it? You do it until. Yeah. It's like what Brother Hagin used to say. I was say. just going to say that. Oh, well, go ahead. Yeah. He said, um, if you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> so good. Having done all to stand, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Stand there for it. Don't fall in the trap of going and looking at it and analyzing it. That's right. That's it. You know, I got a pain in my knee or something, you know, and I'm speaking to this thing in the name of Jesus. And then a few hours later, I'm like, you know, trying to, well, let me see, you know, let me see. No, 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 no. I'm not healed because I feel healed or I don't feel healed. Healed because the word of God says, by whose stripes you were healed. Yeah, amen. So I stand on the promise of God. Amen. You know, there's over 30,000 promises in the Bible. I'm sure one of them covers. Right? There's at least one in there for every, every situation. Exactly. And you stand on that promise. You say yes to the word of God. That's the truth. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what it seems like. And as you as you learn to, to withstand, having done all to stand, stand that when you were that's telling what, me about that. That's the scripture. That? Well, yeah, that's the scripture that I turned to actually okay, when you started talking. There is Ephesians six, and we can just look at it real quick, and then I want to close with uh, Matthew twelve. We got a, uh, about ten minutes left here. Um, look at look at Ephesians six in your Bible. And look down at, at verse 10, and we'll read from verse 10 to verse 12. Uh, praise God. Actually, we'll go down a little further than that. But <clears throat> Start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is not a question. It is not a suggestion. It's not a if you want to. This is be strong in the Lord. What's really, really, really key to understanding this scripture is understanding that when God tells you to do something in the word, he's not telling you to do something that you can't do. He's telling you to do something and his word is not just giving a commandment, it's giving you the power you need to live that commandment. So when God says walk in love, he is infusing you with the ability to walk in love. Amen. Right? You understand how that works? So now when he says, be strong in the Lord, he, it's not just saying, well, hey, listen, I want you to be tough. You're, you can do it. You can be tough. It's not a pat on the back. It's be strong in the Lord. Well, how, Lord? Well, I just gave you everything you need to be strong in the Lord when you read this word. Make sense? So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, his strength, his ability. Put on the whole armor of God that you, verse 11, this is very important, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand. Stand, stand against the wiles or the schemes, the thoughts, mm -hmm. the actions of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Who is that? Who is that in verse 12? It's all those jokers that Jesus put under his feet in chapter 1. 
right? Right? I mean, isn't, isn't that what he said? God has highly exalted him and given him, the, or excuse me, uh, seated him far above all principality, power, mights, and dominions. So the same, the same group that Paul's talking about here in verse 12 are the same demons and the same kingdom of darkness that Jesus put under his feet in chapter 1. Now, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, there's that word stand again, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded yourself. Do you see how many times the word stand appears in chapter 6 of Ephesians? What are you supposed to do when it gets tough? Lay down? No, stand. Start to question whether or not you're, you know, have any authority? No. Double down, man. Stand. Stand. Well, how, how can I know that my standing is going to pay off? Well, Dad just said a few minutes ago that there's over 30, is it 30,000 or 20,000? Over 30,000 promises in the Bible. One of them applies to you. Is the word true? Is the word truer than your circumstance? Is the word truer than the pain? Than the frustration? Than the challenge? The Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. So let this word stand and become final authority in your life and let everything else that happens, happen. But it's subject to change. This isn't. Just like he said a moment ago. Now, I want to look at this real quick. This came up in my heart uh, this morning as we've been talking. Matthew chapter 16. This is so important. Again, when we walk in our authority, we're not doing it in our own power. I'm not trying to work up some emotion to scare the devil. I'm not going to scream loud, boo! You know, that's not what I'm trying to do with the enemy. I'm just taking the word and believing it and standing on it, and I'm refusing to budge. You said it kind of just a few minutes ago. The enemy is trying to outlast you. When he, when he doesn't leave the first time you say, get out, he's trying to outlast you. Just like your kids, when they pull each other's hair and you tell them to stop, they're just trying to see how far they can push the boundaries. The devil does the exact same thing, and you need to be aware of it. But if you stand your, that's right, Dad said he's a rebel. If you stand your ground, it will pay off, I promise you. Look, look at this in Matthew 16, and we're going to look at verse 17 and 18. And this is amazing. Jesus is talking with the disciples and Peter gets the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. It happens in real time. And Jesus is like, gets so blessed. Look at verse 17. Actually, let's start reading from verse 16. Let's start reading from verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered, and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That means Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Watch this line. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Are you part of the church? I'm not talking about the local church. Are you part of the body of Christ? Are you part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Then the gates of hell will not prevail against yeah. you. 
It doesn't matter how long the fight takes. It doesn't matter how long you have to stand. If you don't stop standing, you will prevail. Or Jesus is a liar. And he's not, obviously. Right? Either, either this is true or it's not. Either I'm going to stand and stand and stand, and having done all, I'm going to keep standing, and this word is going to come true and come to pass in my life, or it's not, and it's all rubbish. But we know that it's not all rubbish. Resist the devil, and he will flee. And what if he doesn't? Keep resisting. Don't, I mean, by all means, don't stop. Right? Don't lay down. He's just trying to outlast you, man. That's all. He's just trying to outlast you. We say, well, how can I do that? How can I do that when I feel so weak? Did you ever feel weak when you were kind of pressed on by the enemy? How can I do it when I feel so flimsy? You got to back up to verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you feel weak, then don't, don't, don't tap into yourself. Look to God. If I feel, oop, there goes some water. If I feel weak in my flesh, if I feel like I'm failing at resisting the enemy, what do I need to do? Get back in this word. Get close to God. Go back into prayer. Go into praise. Take some time and be with Jesus so I can get infused with strength. You know what the Bible says? The joy, uh, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Get happy. That's one of the best things you can do when you're fighting the devil, when, the de when you're resisting the devil, is get happy. I mean like any, by any means necessary. I go, sometimes when I'm having a bad day or if I'm feeling like I'm frustrated and dealing with something, I intentionally go watch a funny movie or a funny TV show or something to get my mood lightened. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual, but by golly, it works. I'll go watch comedians in cars getting coffee. Go watch Jerry Seinfeld and just laugh. And as I do, I'm, I, I, I stop and I go, wait a minute. What was I so frustrated about? Oh, yeah, the devil's a punk. Oh, yeah, I already knew that. And you know what? You just keep standing, and you keep standing, and you keep standing. And the word always comes to pass because it's God's word. It's not our word. It's not our effort. It's not our strength. Jesus took the hard work out of everything when he went to the cross. All we're required to do is receive what he's given us and stand in that place. And don't be moved. Don't be moved. Uh, I just want to share a testimony I heard this week. It's yeah. a little off the subject, I guess, in a way, but not really. We said how Jesus' name has authority, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there was this guy in India. He went to India. He was a Muslim man and had children. And half of his family were Muslim and the other half were Christian. And the Christians were praying for him, you know, the father. And um, and he went to, um, I guess, once in your lifetime as a Muslim, you're supposed to go to Mecca, yeah. right? Well, he got one of these tours, and he went to, to Mecca. And, you know, his children, are, the saved children are praying for his salvation. And he, anyway, so he gets this bus tour, and he goes to get on the bus, and the, the driver, when he's walking on, the driver looks at him, and he says... Uh, you're not going to find what you're looking for. You're not going to find any peace there. Yeah. And he kind of got a little aggravated with them, you know, so he goes and sits down. So they're on this tour, so they keep stopping. Every time he gets off the bus and gets back on, the driver says, you know, 
You're not going to find what you're looking for. You're not going to find any peace there. Wow. This went on. So the whole entire trip, every time he gets on the bus, off the bus, the driver looks at him and says, you're not going to find any peace there. So it's all done, and he goes home, and he's aggravated, and he's frustrated because he didn't find any peace there. (laughs) And so uh, a couple weeks later, he goes to visit his Christian children's family, and he walks in, and he walks in their dining room, and and there are some pictures on the wall, and and he looks at this picture, and he just explodes. It's angry, and he starts cursing and swearing. I can't believe you would do this to me, and he's yelling at the kids and all this. And all. So they finally settle him down. They're like, Papa, what, what's the matter? You know, what's the matter? You set this up. You did this to me. They're like, what are you talking about? You know that man, and he points to this picture on the wall. You sent that man to mess me up. And they said, Papa, that's a picture of Jesus. He had, the Lord had been. <laughs> and the man was shocked. He ended up getting born again because of his heart. Yeah. So I heard that. I just been thinking about it. I don't know why it's been in my mind. Today, but, but the name of Jesus, man, is yeah. above every other thing, isn't it? Hallelujah. Yes. So God is good. Praise God. I mean, and he's working. Yes. He's always, you know, the scripture says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you, both yes. to will yes. and to do of his good of his good pleasure. We're not in this alone. We're talking Amen. about resisting the enemy. And I, I really don't want you to get devil conscious. You know, I think people sometimes can get too devil conscious, but but realize God, I'm in this with God. Yes. I'm, like Paul said, we're co-laborers. Yes. And when I'm at my weakest, he's strong in me, man, right? The strength of God is in me. So you can't, you can't lose. Yeah, that's right. You can't lose. Love never fails. When the enemy thought he had Jesus, when he thought I got rid of him, he, he, he riled up those religious leaders and they crucified Jesus. And they got him, he got them off the earth. Yeah. And that, that power that was healing and tearing up the devil's kingdom and the, the demons were gleeful and they thought, we won, we won, we won. For a couple days. Yeah. But then on that third day when he rose, yeah. he came out triumphant. And only a month or so later, the same power that had been working through the one man, Jesus, now fills 120 on the day of Pentecost. That's right. You imagine the horror the enemy experienced that day. Yeah. 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 Now there's 120 of them. Yeah. And then Peter stands up and preaches, and 3,000 more get saved. Yes. Now there's 3,120 Jesuses walking around with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, of course, it's spread to, there are billions, or at least eight billion, a billion and a half, I think, something like that, on the earth. Imagine if we all just got together, threw off all the labels, and just said, man, let's just take over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, that wouldn't be that hard to do. Yeah. Amen. So we have authority, guys. Yes. You have it. Yes. Don't think you got to do something to get it. You have it. It's been given to you. 
We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.